Sure, it makes sense for your gym teacher to coach you or train you during class, but did your gym teacher coach the cake boss? Did they coach celebrities? Well, I'm interviewing my gym teacher today, my high school gym teacher, Matt Hagee, and I say he's not average because if you just look at him or <laughs> listen to him talk, you're gonna realize that he lives on a different level, right? And like I said, he's, he's trained and coached hundreds of people. He's done hundreds of transformations, body transformations. It's incredible the amount of weight that people have been able to lose with his program, but this is not a promotion for that today. Today, we are talking about broader cultural issues in our society, right? Like how we're becoming addicted to these foods and also specific issues uh, and challenges in health and fitness and training. So if you're in a mindset at all, health, fitness, training in any respect, you're going to love this episode today. And as you know, or if you don't know, this is Bobcast. We interview people who are pursuing their dreams. So please enjoy this episode with my old gym teacher and coach, Matt Hagee. Matt Hagee, welcome. What's going on, Sully? This is long overdue, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where, where, where is this even going to head? I have no idea, but there's a small fraction of people listening and watching that don't know you, which is surprising. So for them, we're going to start somewhat officially. But if somebody doesn't know you, do you want to just touch on something or a couple of things that you 30 do? 30 second elevator pitch. Perfect. Played football in college, phys ed teacher for 25 years at Del Val, run my own health and wellness company. I've worked with professional athletes. Hall of Fame athletes, pro baseball players, pro football players. I've worked with celebrities like the Cake Boss and their family in terms of health and wellness and weight loss. And uh, 25 years later, here I am. Amazing. Oh, I was also almost on The Bachelor. What? I was almost on the show The Bachelor, but they picked Andrew Firestone that year. Who's that? Is he a person? The Firestone Tire Company. Like I was going back and forth with the producer 20 years Wait, ago. Wait, they picked the tire instead of you? They picked Andrew Firestone, the guy who was like the heir to Firestone. Oh, oh so he he's a Firestone heir of the company, yeah, and they Firestone. Were, and they were going to pick um, me to be on The Bachelor. I was going back and Did forth. Did that come from AFV or? No, um, Sue Coles, the, the social studies teacher, sent in my stuff and then they called me. And I was back and forth for like a week with like wow. The Bachelor. And I was like almost on the show. Probably oh. good thing that I wasn't. I, I got, I got, I almost got landed on a dating show, but it was right when I had a, a girlfriend. So they were like, no, you have to be single for that. And I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't, it they really, good thing I didn't because it turned out to be a good, healthy relationship. But I agree. I agree. That's incredible, man. So this is like a question that popped up in my head because I knew that this would happen. And then we could just see where we go. You have helped a lot of people like transform their bodies and minds and things like that, right? Like, why, why, how do people get in these ruts? Like, how do people let their bodies go and let their minds go and their personal develop? How does it get like, do you have any since you've helped so many people? Do you have any theories on this? Like, what is it? I know it's different for everybody, but no, it's we live in a capitalistic society. So how do we make money? The more food we sell, the more food people eat. And, you know, sometimes if people are sick and tired and overweight, then we got to take care of them. It's it's capitalism, yeah. you know, um, but I think it's my goal is to teach people to live their longest, happiest, healthiest, best life. If I'm going to make food and sell it to make money off it, why don't I put some sugar in there? That's a little addicting. Why don't I put some caffeine in there? That's a little addicting. Why don't we pay addictologists millions of dollars to design these foods the way they taste, the way they crunch, the way they smell, so you want to buy more, so you want to eat more. You know, one of the slogans used to be, be I, I bet you can't even eat, just eat one. You know, like, it's societal. So I think if we educate ourselves to understand 
what's against us, we could take control of our own health. But if, if we're not educated, we can't take control of our own health. We don't take care of control. If we don't take control of our own health, we're not going to want to be healthier. We're not going to want to go to the gym. We're not going to want to take care of our brains. We're not going to want to take care of our bodies. We're not going to take care of our muscles because it's easy. And what's the one of the biggest rewards we get as a kid? Oh, yeah. Food. Yeah. So we're reinforced from day one. Food is the reward. So once people stop giving us food as the reward, we make it our we make it a reward for ourselves. Yep. So, so like um, in school, they give out candy, they give out food, they give out cut, cut, cupcakes. I go into the faculty lounge. It's I love the people do. So I'm very thankful for it. But like Teacher Appreciation Week, like hey, we brought Dunkin' Donuts. However, at our school, people bring in healthy foods. The parents are bringing in the the grapes and the fruits and the vegetables and healthy options. So I think people are now getting on board, going hey, let's provide healthy snacks as an option. Mm. But when you were a kid, hey, you did well. Hey, let's celebrate with a cupcake. Oh, you had a bad day at school. Have a cupcake. Or you didn't finish everything on your plate. We need a clean plate award. So we are rewarded with negative foods. Yeah. And I think, listen, growing up, it's like you can eat a cupcake. It's all good. But if you eat 100 or 30 cupcakes or whatever, if you eat an Oreo, you're all right. But like you said, nobody eats one Oreo. <laughs> I eat Oreos. I eat pizza. Me I eat too. Ice Me cream. too. I eat I it mean, all too. I don't eat the perfect diet, but some mm-hmm. people become addicted to food. They become addicted to sugars. Yep. Refined carbohydrates. Thirty percent of people are highly addicted to refined carbohydrates. You know that's just not that's just how it is. So, so does that mean they get uh, like it's it acts as if you're addicted to caffeine or nicotine or something more like powerful? That. More so powerful. So the same dopamine receptors that light up in the brain for like. Though another powerful drug like heroin is going to light up in your brain with a refined carbohydrates. People might not believe that, but like it does. You're, you get addicted to refined carbohydrates. And refined carbohydrates take a lot more calories for your body to produce, to break down and digest. You know, where you need to have those whole grain carbohydrates if you're going to be taking a lot of carbohydrates. Carbohydrates aren't bad. But we're eating simple carbohydrates like sugars and refined pastas. I do it too. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, me too. But- I've got muscle mass and yeah. I exercise and I do it in moderation. So when I eat a refined carbohydrate, my body takes it, my muscles metabolize it, and I utilize it. But people who don't have a lot of muscle mass will eat refined carbohydrates and your body doesn't use it and that gets stored as fat. When you gain that extra fat, you get type 2 diabetes, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, you know, certain forms of cancer. And that's kind of one of my passions is I, I think we could live, I think we could all live longer, happier, healthier lives. If we're just a little bit more educated and we have the right tools. And if I could help parents live a longer, happier, healthier life and teach parents how to live a healthier life, well, then they're going to raise healthier kids. Yeah, it's genetic. Uh, genetics and upbringing, I would say, play definitely have to play a good role. Genetics definitely play a role. And I, I won in the genetic pool for body type yeah, you know, me too. and athleticism. So I'm okay with that. Like, if reading books burn calories, I'd be obese, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> yep. you know? Um, but I'm lucky because I like exercise and I like fitness and I like doing it and I'm good at it. Yeah. So it's, it's easier. Well, there's me. a re- yeah, there's a reinforcement there too. Like on the same end as reinforcement in, as eating carbohydrates, those are reinforcement in exercise. And also, I don't know about you, but a lot of people, I think maybe myself included, I'm not a massive, ba- like big dude or anything, but people, t- we tie our identity to our physical body. It's got to be the opposite also. If you hate your physical body, then you try to disidentify, not identify with your physical body. Yeah. And if we want to get people to exercise, there needs to be a reward. Mm-hmm. If, you're, if you're on the elliptical thinking, hey, I need to, when I'm done with this, I'm going to go eat a bowl of cereal. Or I'm going to have ice cream. I'm going to have pizza. Like you're still using food as a reward. But if your reward is, I'm going to go in the hot tub. I'm going to take a shower. I'm going to call my best friend. I'm going to have a fruit smoothie. 
I'm going to have healthy food. If that's your reward for your exercise, you're rewarding yourself with something positive. But you can't exercise and not have a reward and make it sustainable. Sometimes my reward is I'm going to say it. Take my shirt off and I flex in the mirror. You know I mean? Yeah. <laughs> well, guys do that. I'm sorry, but people do that. No, girls do it too. You know, maybe that's the reward is feeling good about yourself. Maybe the reward is not being depressed. Maybe the reward is just being happier. You know, so you need a reward. Sorry, I banged your microphone there. You need a reward to make your behavior sustainable. And if you're going to choose a reward, choose a positive reward, not the negative one. Yeah, it's very hard to break bad habits. It's, um, it's so hard. It's way, I, in my opinion, harder than building a new habit. I'm, or I think it's, it must be person. It must be person to person because for me, like I can build a new habit. Like it's not an issue, you know. Whether if it's like some kind of health related thing, I feel like I'm maybe like predisposed to that or it just fits my personality better but i i think i mean and that's the basis of everything it's not really goals that goals don't really do much it's more like standards like it's your day-to-day it's not the overarching goal so so goals help but it takes 21 to 28 days to change or create a new pattern of thought or behavior Mm -hmm. and an in-between stimulus and response is a gap in that gap, you get a chance to change your behavior. So if your stimulus is stress and your response is eat, right? Well, next time you feel stress, you have a, a gap and you can make a choice and say, you know what? I'm going to change my response from stress to eat, from stress to call my friend, stress, go get my nails done, stress, go take a shower, stress, you know, do something that's positive for you. But you can change that pattern of thought. And every time you change, so like, let's just say it's stress, eat. That yeah. is a strong neural pathway. You can rewire your brain and go stress, go for a walk. And every time you go stress, go for a walk, the neural pathway of stressed eat, the myelin sheath gets thinner and thinner and thinner, and it gets weaker and weaker and weaker. And the new neural pathway you're creating gets thicker and thicker, thicker and stronger. However, this neural pathway is still there. It's like a light switch that you never use. It's still there. Yep. Am I making sense? Yes, 100%. I'm curious how you get, is this what you tell people? And then do you have a system? Like, how do you get somebody to change their life and their habits like that. Do you just explain it to them? And then yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I, I will make Facebook stuff about this, but you discover your why. I'm not responsible for your health. I'll give you the tools. Um, I'll teach you. Call me, text me, message me. But if you discover your why, nothing will get in your way. So what's a good, you know, what? how do you help them discover the why then? Okay, so somebody wants to lose 50 pounds, they say, why? They go, I want to feel like me again. I'm like, well, why? And they say, well, my father died of a heart attack. And I go, well, well, why does that inspire you? And I go, on a scale of one to 10, how bad do you want it? They go, a 10 out of 10. And I go, okay, well then, now that you know your why, nothing will get in your way. Hey, Sully, I'll give you $10 million if you do X, Y, and Z. Would that motivate you or is that not motivating? Is money not motivating for you? Uh, de- depends what I have to do. To yeah, get yeah. It. It's pretty motivating. But it'll be a powerful why. 100%. So if you have a powerful why, and Simon Sinek, this is his whole feel spiel you know he's just I, talking about i'm yeah i love his stuff so Sounded him in high school if you have a powerful now my powerful why for me building my business and what i do mm-hmm. is my kids and if i get people to realize they want to live a longer happier healthier life for their kids there's no more there's no greater love that a human being has than for the love of their own children generally speaking so things change when you have kids it's a different is there, something happens because that's what people say yeah yeah you watch movies different you know like if a Kid dies in a movie, you're like, oh, 
Oh, that's gut wrenching. But before you have kids, you're like, ah, oh, that's sad. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, it's not the same. Um, but your kids motivate you. Like, I want to be the best version of me to be a good role model for my kids, and I'm not always. You know, there's always room for improvement. Well, nobody's. Yeah, nobody's perfect. It's it's a broken progress all the time. It, it is. But um, that's my goal to help people. Diets work. Don't work. You need to change the your relationship you have with food. So people are like, oh, it's Christmas, I can't lose weight. I'm like, that's the best time. Oh, it's my birthday, I can't lose weight. I'm like, that's the best time. The obstacle is the way. You want to- Ryan Holiday. Okay, yeah, you want to face your your problems during the holidays, during your birthdays, during barbecues, because that's your opportunity to change your pattern of thought. That's your opportunity to change I, your behavior. I, I agree. I always go off social media during the holidays. Like I always make changes during the holidays. Like that's just me. Naturally, it makes sense. It Whatever meaning you put, towards anything that's what it'll be so if you say right like oh it's my birthday i can't do this you are making that up it's you just made it up yeah you could also say it's my birthday i will do this yeah same thing there's no difference it's just you made a decision i just i think people you've probably seen this a lot like people are just great at starting they're just terrible at continuing like a diet like you're saying the relationship with food like there's people that'll start diet after diet after diet they'll start diets they'll say diets don't work for me then you go, well, what's the last diet you did? Ah, I did carnivore, whatever. Are you still doing it? No. What's the diet you did before that? Well, I tried keto. You know what I'm saying? Like, they'll do like five. They'll start them all, but then they won't continue them. So that's, the, they didn't change. That's because they didn't change the relationship. Well, our parents teach us to brush our teeth every day. They teach us to put on deodorant. They teach us, teach us to shower. If we don't do that, we're getting yelled at. Mm. But when were parents like, did you exercise today? Did you do mental health today? Did you meditate today? Did you take care of your brain today? Did you eat healthy foods today? Like if, if you brush your teeth every day and you stop, your breath's going to smell. If you don't shower every day, you're going to smell. If you don't take care of your mental health, your physical health, if you don't eat healthy foods, it's, it's going to catch up to you. Look, not every day. There's days I don't eat healthy all the time. There's days I don't exercise all the time. But generally speaking, if there's 365 days in the year, there's a big percentage where I'm doing that stuff. Yeah. You know, but like you have to take care of your health just like you brush your teeth, just like you shower. It's got to be something you do every day. Sit in silence for five minutes. Take care of your brain. Just sit in silence. And if you don't have five minutes to sit in silence, do it for an hour. You know, just and your brain will become healthier. Go on YouTube, type in 10 minutes guided meditation, 20 minutes guided meditation. Restructure your brain. And, and that's important too. And again, I'm not great at it either, but it's a part of something I want to do. You do meditate yourself? Or? We meditate with the students in gym class. So is that so that's your meditation? Because I remember doing some of that, but I do it like three but times. But you don't like sit there in the morning by yourself and meditate, you're saying. I do it with the students. Yeah. 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 It, it's great because like some kids love it. And you know, I, I wonder if if every school, if kids took five or ten minutes to sit in silence or listen to George Winston or listen to somebody play the piano or listen to music or something on YouTube, if that would lower the suicide rates. I, I wonder if it would, because you know, meditation decreases um depression and it and it increases your creativity. And talking about creativity, people don't dream anymore. We've got digital dementia. We our our phones create our imagination for us. Like put your phone down, go outside and play. Go go get a hammer, some nails, some wood, and build what? I don't know, build something. But imagine your future. What do you want your future to be like? Sometimes in class, we'll turn off the lights, take 10 minutes, and, and sit in silence. And I'll say, in this next 10 minutes, dream, fantasize. 
About what? I don't know. That's up to you. You don't have to share it with me. It's going to most likely be the girl next to them, but. Uh, yeah, that's what I said. I, say, I said it, not you. I said, I don't want to know what you're daydreaming or <laughs> fantasizing. But look, that's got to be healthy. True, totally. If, if they're totally. fantasizing, maybe that's what they want. Yeah. If that's what somebody's going to fantasize about, well, it's more likely to come to fruition. Mm. But never stop dreaming. Always have a fantasy or a goal, even if it's a lofty goal, yeah. because it's more likely to come to fruition. And people are not doing that because they got this digital dementia. Because they're always on their phones, myself included. Well, you lived in a time and grew up in a time when there wasn't this, right? So you, you know, maybe not you specifically, but I always, you know, frame it like this. There was a time when you said to your friend, I'll meet you there at 630. You got there at 620 and there was no phone. So you just stood there and just watched people and sat down and listened and like, whatever. You just existed. There's no time to just exist anymore. Or, Or be bored. Or be bored. That's it. That's all. That's what I'm saying. My kids are bored. And I'm like, they're, they're like, I'm bored. I'm like, good. Nice. We just got an Amazon delivery. Oh, really? My kid will take the box, cut it up, scissors, and build a, a skate park, like a mini skate park out of it because he's bored. If the phone's not entertaining you, if the computer's not entertaining, something's not entertaining you, be bored. It is healthy to be bored. Being bored stimulates creativity. So my kids are like, I'm bored. I'm like, okay, good. Go be bored. Figure out what to do, you know? Or I got nobody to hang out with. Okay, well then be bored or call somebody. Figure it out. And unfortunately, not that it's just boredom that causes this, but there's, you can have, there's a difference between boredom and then like lack of purpose, you know? And and there's, I think it's crazy that now we need to build boredom in. It's like before people were too bored. They had nothing going on. And there was also no opportunities. And you would probably agree with this. Now, I heard this on another podcast. There's too much information now. There used to be not enough information, right? All you had was the library. You would go there, go to the library. That's what you had. It was pretty boring to do that. It was kind of a grind to extract information. Now we have all the information, but there's not enough wisdom. And I think that's what people are seeking. I think people want now. Everybody on your phone is telling you what your purpose should be. So they're lacking like purpose and wisdom because now we just have an information, but no wisdom to tie it to. Yeah. They have to figure out what to do with the information, how to process it and how to be a critical thinker. And schools for years, I believe have been teaching people how to be critical thinkers. Sometimes as a teacher, my job is not to give the answer, but ask the question. I got in a discussion with a kid the other day and he didn't agree with me. I said, that's good. That's good. We don't agree. We should have open dialogue. You know, like if you're a Republican and I'm a Democrat, let's talk about it through open dialogue. Maybe not at the Thanksgiving table, but if you give me views about being a Republican, I give you views about what I like about being a Democrat, then I could learn from you and we could have a discussion, even a debate, but not an argument. An argument you try to win, I try to win. But when we can debate and discuss, we could find common ground. So I think we need less arguing trying to prove who's right, but like, let me see your side. Yeah. Why do you like the Republican Party? I want to know. And you'll find though, as well, people don't really, they only have like one layer of meaning behind it. If you dig another layer, they'll be like, I'm a Republican because this, and then you say, why? And then you keep going, they probably don't even know why either. Or, or be open to hear other people's sides. I just use 
Republican and Democrat because it's a heated thing. Maybe we'll get some comments on, like, on that. I think somebody comments something. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it could be on anything. Are you Republican or Democrat? Comment below. <laughs> no, yeah, it, it could be that, on anything. But. Like, well, I want to hear your side and your perspective so I can come to a better understanding so I can better understand you. And if we as Americans can come to an understanding, we could be less polarized. Yeah. doesn't mean I have to agree with you, but if I could better understand you, we could become less polarized and become more unified. Yeah, there's a, you know, I, I, I think about that a lot. And I also think that there is a center. There's people in the center. And I think that's where I fall. I lean one way, right? Like I definitely lean a certain way, but I try to go issue by issue, right? And if you're in the center, there's no calling to you the same way there's a calling to the right or to the left. And there's a ton of people like me who are there, right there, where I'm like, I'm not a side. I just want to go by issues, you know? Well, we, we find safety in numbers. You know what I mean? So that's why you're going to pick a side because like you're, you're safe. But if you're the lone sheep in the middle, like you're not safe. But I, I'm in the middle too. You know, I want to hear both sides and then make my own opinion. This is a big like, I don't even know how to ask this correctly, but well, like you said, 25 years in the education system and you're a gym teacher. You were saying off air, it's a, it's a great job. <laughs> you know, you love the job. Um, I'll say that. Do you think that there's something wrong with like our system of are we in an outdated system uh you know education is great for a lot of things but what are we teaching our kids and i don't have the answers i'm just asking the questions and um what jobs are we preparing them for in the future you know and i don't have an answer to that so with my own kids i want to teach them i want to teach them how to think i want to teach them to be kind to people to have love, to have respect. And that's hard to do because not everybody has that, you know? Um, so I want to teach them basic character, but you should learn basic reading, writing, math, arithmetic. You can get by on that. Um, you should learn history, whether it's his story or whoever's story. You should learn history because history repeats itself, but we learn history because history teaches us about human behavior. And if we can learn about human behavior, then we can stop history from repeating itself. And that's why we need to understand and know history better both sides because there's more than just one story being told in history. So, and in English, you should learn how to read, you should learn how to write, you should learn how to be a better communicator. So, that's great. And also in, in English, we're teaching kids how to critically think. There's a lot of critical thinking. The teachers at, at my school at Delval, they're amazing. The the social studies teachers, they're amazing. They're teaching people how to critically think, and if you ask the right questions, then we are preparing them for the right stuff. But but what are we supposed to do with a kid who's 16 to 23 years old? Like what how do they serve society, right? Like, is college just a holding ground for kids eighteen to twenty-two? You know, are they, or, or are they ready to be? Are they ready to be in the work world? A lot of them might not be, and some of them are. Yeah, man. I mean, I for me, college was the time was that like it was a time period for me to figure figure it out. But guess who figured it out for me? Me. There's nobody else that figured it out for me. I used other people to figure it out. But if you go through that period, which I've seen many people do, almost everybody, unconsciously, and just follow the trend, which is go to the next party, right? If you just do that, once you get out and you're sitting at your parents' house post-grad, and it's just you, what the fuck do you do? <laughs> you're, you're the same person as you were 18, when you were 18, and you're worse now, because you have binge drinking habits, and you have, you know... If you go to college, you're saying? I'm saying that... That's a lot of people where they use, they might have those four years. This isn't everybody. Some people are more self-aware than others. But I'm saying some people use the, they don't use the four years for themselves. 
they just use the four years to fuck off. And, you know what I'm saying? But you could also use those four years to network. If I go to Princeton, I didn't. I went to the college in New Jersey. But if I go to Princeton, okay. look at that network I just put myself in. If I go to Harvard, look at that network I just put Oh, there's put so much in. leverage. Yeah. Um, but there are a lot of people who go to a school that's not the top school in the country, and they apply themselves, and they, and they make a lot out of their life. There's mm-hmm. people who don't get the college degree, and they make a lot out of life. And there's more opportunities now with that, yeah. with, with the internet. And a lot of people will know, like, wow, you've got two master's degrees. That's great. But do you have interpersonal skills? Do you have social skills? Mm-hmm. Do you have networking skills? You know, so- People are also looking at skills also now. Yeah, I, I just think a lot of time that we spend in school is just a waste of time. Like, I just don't think it's moving the needle for like, even for society. Yeah. You know? I, there's always room for improvement. Yeah. There's yeah. always room for improvement. Um, I would love for my kids to go to the school I work at, DelVal. Mm-hmm. I, I love the administration. I love the teachers. I love the community. I think it's a great community, but not mm-hmm. every school is that. I was going to say, man. And like, yeah, like I was telling you off camera, like I had my girlfriend on. She's worked at two low income schools, um, you know, thankless fucking job. And they don't have anything like we have around here. Like nothing is even close. There's it's not critical. Th- there's critical things. It's not in fours. Like administration is backwards they you know that no the teachers have no support you know all the the parents everything's the teacher's fault um you know and she she i don't know if she coined this term but i she says there's kids having kids you know and and that's what happened so do you have any have you seen like any of this change like have you seen parents change over the years or parents reaching out to you, uh, hey, my kid was, you know, what are you doing to my kid and things like that? Have you seen any of this? Not for me. People are people. Yeah. You know? Um, also, it's a different school. It's it's high school, too. You're a gen- you're not like a English teacher or history teacher where they have, you know, to get certain grades. But Yeah. And I give out grades pretty. I give out good grades. But th- the school I'm at has good parents who raise good kids. So when I teach in a classroom, I don't have to worry about a lot of discipline issues. I can actually teach and the kids will listen. They'll respond. But you throw three or four kids in there that don't have discipline. They don't have structure. They're, they're not used to structure. They lack self-control. They lack they lack certain characteristics and character traits. Now you're busy settling down those four kids and the other 20 kids in the classroom can't get the education because you're focusing on those four kids. Now, for me as a teacher, I love going into work. I love going into school. I love going into the environment because I'm dealing with great kids. Yeah. And like I learn from those kids. They inspire me just as much I inspi- as, a, as I inspire them. And because I go into a great school inspired, they're going to get a better teacher. But if I'm going into an education system, like, you know, sometimes kids are tough. Then like, I'm going to, it just sucks the energy out of me. Yeah. But I go to the school I teach at Del Val and, and they add energy back to me most days. They're just, I, I love the relationships I've made. I love the school, I love the community. And I'm lucky that I ended up here. But not every teacher has that. Being a gym teacher helps. <laughs> yeah, and you have the ability to make the videos of being a human bush and jumping out or whatever <laughs> it is. <laughs> if anybody wants to go to my TikTok, check out uh, you know me scaring me scaring people. That was a fun one. You're pretty active on social media. Yeah, so um, social media can work longer and harder than you can. With my weight loss company, I will maybe post fifty to hundred times a day. You know, whether fifty to hundred. Well, let me explain how. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and maybe yeah. not. Um, but that would be a goal, right? Totally. So Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, you got to teach me better how to be better at LinkedIn. I can. Um, but not only Facebook reels, you know, you throw that on there. Okay. So let's just say I put out 10 pieces of social media in a day. Well, I'll also scroll through social media and comment people. Hey, I like your dress. Your kids are cute. Your family looks cute. 
and I'm now creating connections and relationships with other people. So my 50 posts, sometimes it's a comment, sometimes it's a like, and, and these are people who I enjoy interacting with. So that's when I say 50 to 100 pieces a day, because I will interact. Is that a lot? Yeah. But based on what I do with my business, I've learned how to use social media and incorporate with my business and get compensated for it. Now, my goal, I like getting compensated, but my goal is to help people. Yeah. So when did that, where did that start when you, where, how did you get into all of this helping people lose weight and, you know, change their lives and things like so, that? So um, when I was three, my grandfather died of a heart attack and I was sitting at the stoplight with my mom and I go, uh, why did Grandpa pop dies? Because I had a heart attack. And I said, why? Well, he was a smoker, exercised, he was healthy, but you know, he was a smoker. And I said, well, do people have to die of heart attacks? He goes, no, there are controllable risk, factor, risk factors to heart disease. And then I learned there's controllable risk factors to type 2 diabetes. Doctors call it diabesity. You know, 90% of people who have type 2 diabetes are overweight or obese. You know, I'm not trying to be mean, but it's just, it's how it is. There are controllable risk factors. Um and when I learned that, maybe if I could encourage, motivate, inspire, educate people to want to live that longer, happier, healthier life, that's why I became a phys ed teacher. Seven years ago, I found this company that I work with, and they have this wellness kit, this wellness program. They teach people healthy habits, healthy mindset, healthy hydration, healthy sleep, healthy diet, healthy movement. And it's a whole wellness program. So I'm like, and it's a tool. I'm not the guru. I'm not the expert, even though I'm pretty good at it. I know a lot. I give people the tool. If they want to lose weight, if they want to get healthier, if they want to work on their finances, I got a tool that can help them um, work on those things. You know, I give them the tool. How important are the other aspects then? Because I have a coach. We do fitness, finance, relationships, dream project. Does that align with kind of what you do a little bit? Yeah. Or? So the dream project would be your mental health. You know, for me, it's put the podcast, but yeah, well, that's fine. But that gives you that's a dream. It, actually, this is a mental health tool. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, the way it's been taught to me is if you're not moving forward, you can move forward with your physical health, but you should also be moving forward with your financial health and your financial health generally just gives you, I could drive a safer car. I could put my kids in a safer car. I could eat better foods. I could go on better vacations. I could keep track of my money and know how much I'm taking in and out every month. I wasn't even doing that. Financial health is most people I would say, or were probably like me where it's like, there's money every month. I can pay the bills. I'm not just, but I'm not really like, I don't know. I couldn't tell you. I'm not up to date. I wasn't up to date. I just would just go. All right. Let's talk finances. 80% yeah. of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. And a lot of us live above our means. Here's some basic rules. Live below your means. You're paying the government. And this is a Grant Cardone, right? You pay the government 20%. You pay the government 30%. Pay yourself 20, 30%. Invest that. Live below your means. And if you want to figure out how to put investments in, you know, if you have extra money, the, the simplest investment you could do is an index fund. If you take 20 of your best investors and match them up with an index fund, which just takes a bunch of funds and they're always getting moved around, the stock market's going to improve about 10% every year. Now, some years it'll go 20, sometimes it'll drop 10%, but over the past 120 years, the stock market's improved about 8 to 10%. However, you throw in inflation. That's 3%. You're getting paid an invisible tax rate of 3% because your $100 this year, next year is worth 97 because it's lost 3%. But put, if you put your money underneath the mattress, it's losing money. But find a way to put it in a fund like an index fund that would be so simple to do where you're going to grow at a rate of 8 to 10% a year. It's a basic way of doing it. However, if you put that money, are you following me? Or, oh, yeah. Now, you can take that money and put it tax deferred. 
So let's just say you have a million dollars in this bucket, okay? And you have a million dollars in the tax deferred bucket. Okay. The money in the million dollars in the bucket that's not tax deferred is only worth 700,000 because you got to pay taxes when you take it out. But if you could put it into a 403B, a Roth IRA, a 401k, something like that, you've either paid taxes on the front end or the back end, but you can't use it until a certain age. Yes. So um, some life insurance is similar to that as well. Yeah, I do have, you know, people can comment on this. I do have whole life insurance. Some people will say, if you were to invest that at 10%, you're going to get better if you put it in the market. But there are, there are benefits to whole life insurance. Yeah, no, I have it too. Oh, you do? Yes, yes, yes. Because it's cheaper to get at my age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's also- I have advisors who, you know, they didn't push me on it. Yeah. They said, listen, I'm going to educate you. We'll show you what it is. We'll tell you what it is. If you want to do it, you do it. And it was probably three years of working with them until I pulled the trigger on that. They don't, they can't even work with me. Like they don't even work with me. Like they work with all my friends. So all my friends have regular jobs and extra, you know, like predictable income. Yeah. But here's the other thing about living below your means. When you finally decide to retire, you've practiced the last 30 years, how to live below your means. And to verify what below your means means, if you make a hundred dollars a week, don't spend a hundred dollars a week. Live like you make $50 a week. If you can afford the Tesla, buy the Honda Accord. Doesn't mean don't have fun in your life, but when I go to retire, probably be 55 years old because as a teacher, I can retire, I'll get a pension. I'm not going to be like, oh, I don't know how to live like this. I've lived below my means my entire life. I could drive the Tesla. I could drive the $100,000 car, but I drive a $20,000 car. Now it's a $40,000 car because I had to get an SUV, but live below your means and you're learning how to manage your finances. And the other thing I try to do besides a house is if you can't afford it, don't buy it. You know, if you can't afford it, don't buy it. Not, not all the time. I, I bought a house. I mortgaged it. I bought a- Or if you can't afford it four times, don't buy it. Yeah. That's a better rule. Yeah. But so- most people won't do it. But there's a lot of people, especially in my generation, all right? You got to think. Okay. There's like people, I'm like, I'm 24, right? There's 24-year-old millionaires right now, decamillionaires, 24 years old. There's also people who are fucking broke who are driving the same car as the decamillionaire because they're trying to flex like they're that guy. There's a lot of ego with materialism. I don't think it's bad. I want a Porsche 911 GT3. So what did I do? I interviewed a guy who has a Porsche 911 GT3 and I asked him how he got it. You know, so I'm realistic about it. I don't think it's bad to have a goal to buy a $133,000 car. Like, I don't think that's bad. Now, it's it's above his means, but is it not above his means? Like, it d- depends on the person, right? But... Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's overall bad to have a materialistic goal, but I think that if that is what you want, don't complain about money. You know. <laughs> yeah. So, like, uh, if that's your thing. Yeah. I want. I'm 46. I want life experiences. I've always wanted life experiences. I just went through a major life change. We sold our beautiful four four thousand square foot house, and now we live in a 2100 square foot townhouse. It's really nice, brand new, new construction, but. I could have bought bigger and better. But you know what I want? I want experiences. I want to travel. I want to spend time with people. I want to spend time with my kids. I want to see the world. And that's what I do. I want experiences. You know, do I have a, a nice car? Yeah. Do I wear decent clothes? Yeah. I'm not a bum, but I can afford that stuff. I can afford to go out to dinner. I'm 46. When I was 25, I wasn't doing stuff like that. I want experiences. I want my life to be about experiencing places and things and people. And I don't want the 911 Porsche. If I had multi-million dollars, then maybe I would, but I don't think I would, you know? So I want my life to be about experiences, where I could go, where I could travel, who could I be with, and time. Time is my biggest asset. 
what do I've got 40 years left in 40 years, I'll be 86, maybe 45 years left. Money is not my biggest asset, but money can buy me time. We got a trampoline, right? Uh, it's crazy, but like it was a hundred dollars for somebody to put together a trampoline at that time I could afford it. So we bought the trampoline. Somebody put it together for us as a family. We went to the baseball game. We spent four hours at the baseball game and that hundred dollars bought me four hours with my family. So money can buy you time. The other thing about money is if you're young and you learn how to save and put it in the right investments, if you have a million dollars saved, let's just say you find a way to save a million dollars because you live below your means and you go to retire. You know, based on, there's a lot of different ways to look at this, but that million dollars can make you $100,000 a year just based on the interest you get back on. it. And that's, that's another conversation for another day, but that would be one of my pillars of my retirement is my pension. I'm going to have money saved. So my pension is going to save me. My pension is going to um, pay me. My savings are going to pay me. My side hustle is going to pay me. And I like work. I'm still going to work. I'm yeah. not going to retire. I think it's just lack of education that people don't do this. You know, maybe they don't care. But I just think that if everybody knew all about if you start when you're 25 and get a whole life and do an IRA and just put $60 a month in or whatever, like, I feel like most people would do it. There's just not really an excuse not to do it. So you're big on this, your diet, right? Definitely, your social yeah. media diet. You know, oh, I watch. So that's a different animal. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. But you talk about this. Oh, often. So you got to look at what is your social media diet? Are you watching cats ah, playing with dogs? That's you know a good what I mean? one. That's a good you one. You know, like I watch tons of crap on, yeah. um, on my social media diet, but I follow Grant Cardone. I listen to it. I listen to Sully Bop. I listen to it. Appreciate I, li it. I listen to, oh, it's great. It's, um, I listen to Gary V. Mm -hmm. you know, like what is your social media diet? I know you yes. talk a lot about that. Oh yes. Look. You don't have to eat broccoli and, and rice and chicken all day long as your diet. Sometimes you have the piece of pizza, which is my analogy of sometimes you watch the stupid cat videos. Yeah. But you also need to throw some some good stuff on there of people who you follow, you look up to. And and this is new. This is new stuff. Like I couldn't hang out with Grant Cardone for 30 seconds a day. You know, I couldn't hang out with Gary V for a minute a day and listen to what he had to say. And now I get to hang out with some of the top Ed Milet. Like Imagine if you were in college, so right about this, paying forty grand a year to go to college, or on my drive to work, I can listen to Ed Milet interview Jesse Itzler. You know, it's just the best. <laughs> I'm like, wait a second. Imagine if Ed Milet and Jesse Itzler came to my college. Like, I'd pay forty grand for that. I just got it for free on my car ride. Yes, because I own an iPhone. Yeah, you know. And then you know you can. I even know somebody who was in a uh, club when Clubhouse was really. I don't know if you got into that Clubhouse. I, I didn't. Is it still happening? No, it's they fucking failed. It was a terrible idea. It was a podcast with forty people. That sucks. It's just it was a bad idea, in my opinion. That's an opinion. But uh, I have a, a friend who uh, was in a Clubhouse room with Grant, and he just asked him, "Will you be in my podcast?" And he said yes. Like we're in a fucking crazy time, dude. That's why I've met Gary V twice. People look at me and they're like, they they even say to me, they say. Oh, how'd you meet Gary Vee? I said, I showed up where he was. <laughs> there was fucking nothing else that I did. I don't know him. <laughs> like, like I know some people that know him, but I'm not in. Like, I don't work with him. But first, you put it out into the universe. And that's going back to our dreaming. People don't dream. You dreamt about mm -hmm. Gary Vee. I don't know if you pray. I don't know if you journal. I don't know if you meditate. But I know before you lay down in bed... The minute before you fall asleep and the minute while you're still awake and you're in that theta alpha wave of sleep, you fantasized about meeting Gary V. And that's where it started in your brain, in your fantasy. And people aren't dreaming. They're not fantasizing about what they want, what their goals are. I've had some crazy 
I want to curse on your podcast. I'm a teacher. I've had some crazy shit happen. Yeah. I'm going to use the F word. That's today. actually my, not explicit according to music terms. All right, but. Well, I'm going to use the F word. It's my goal in this podcast. I'm going to use it when it, when it fits appropriately. Perfect. But you have, you have to create it in your brain first. Yep. You have to create and people aren't dreaming anymore. Yeah. You know, I've had some really wild experiences because I prayed for them, you know, or because I meditated on them or because I wrote them down in my journal. You know, successful people all have one thing in common. They set goals. They set goals. And more successful people write down their goals. And then more successful people develop a plan for those goals. And more successful people, when the plan doesn't go as planned, change their plan. You know, but have goals, daydream, have goals, write it down. And now if I were to tell you about, if I were to tell you what my goal is, my financial goal, I'm more likely to achieve it because I'm like, shit, I told people what my goal is. But, I, what, but also, but if I said, okay, what's your goal? Make up a goal. Really? Yeah. Well, just make up a goal right I, now. I've got a goal. Okay. So, I want to make $50,000 per month. Okay. So what are the things you have to do every day, every week, and every month to achieve that? Right? And you don't need to tell me. I'll tell you some. I need Great. to take care of my mental health. So really? Is that a real goal? 50,000 a month? Yeah. Oh, that's incredible. I love that. Yeah, I'm not there. Yeah. <laughs> but why not? I'm put just it- doing 10,000 right now. I feel you. Yeah. But but why not? Well, yeah. Right? Or so that's like, my goal was 10,000. Yeah, so your subconscious mm-hmm. does not know the difference between reality and imagination. If you imagine something so great, your subconscious will meet you somewhere between reality and imagination. So if my dream is $50,000, maybe I'll make twenty five. Yeah. Because my subconscious will think that that's what it's about. It's like when they say, go fly first class. Because after you fly first class, you're like, oh, I got to make this happen. I can't go back. And even if you can't afford it, yes. your subconscious does not know the, re- the difference between reality and imagination. I, yeah, I, I got to just jump in. I think even if that's not true, it's still worth it. I think that even if I want a Porsche 911, what I'm going to do in September is I'm going to go to Atlanta and I'm going to go to the Porsche driving experience and I'm going to go drive one. Right. And I think just even being in that car will help me somehow to get it. Right. And the problem is, this is the only issue that I have with manifestation and things like that. And there's not much to back it up. That's what I'm, the perspective I'm, I believe in it. The perspective I'm coming from is somebody who goes, bullshit. That doesn't work. Here's how you back it up your reticular activating system is Mm -hmm. a part of the brain. So anytime you get a red light, you go, oh, I'm always getting the red lights because you notice those red lights, but you never go, oh, I got all the green lights. So if you fantasize about something, your reticular activating system located in your brain is going to filter out those things. You've heard this a million times. I drove a white Honda Accord. I always noticed white Honda Accords. Now I drive a Pathfinder. I've never noticed Pathfinders on the road before. Now I notice Pathfinders because my reticular activating system is filtering it out. So when you have a dream and a goal... Your ability to get your Porsche 911 is around you in the universe yes, every yeah. day, but you don't realize it because you're not fantasizing about it. It's not you're not putting it in your brain. So if you put a picture of a 911 on your on your wall, yeah. you're more likely to get it. Yeah. If you tell somebody I'm getting a, but don't say my goal is. You say here it is appropriately. I'm fucking getting a 911, yeah. <laughs> motherfucker. Yeah. Twice you tell like people that. I'm getting a 911. They're yeah. like you're full of shit, and you're like watch me. Yeah. My argument to the pushback on it all is that, okay, do you want to just not have bigger, big goals? Like, who doesn't want a bigger goal? Like, who doesn't want to achieve their, like, if you ask anybody, do you want to achieve your dreams and goals? Yes. What are they? Okay, now we're getting a little bit more gray area. They probably haven't even defined them. But it's like, even if 
manifestation didn't work, prayer didn't work, you know, meditation, all this stuff, goal setting, if none of it worked, wouldn't you still want to do it if it was even a 1% better chance of getting there? Like, that's my thing. Like, there's a lot of people and like people who have more wisdom or people who have been through life experience, I understand it a little bit more, right? But especially people my age, like they just don't get it. Like, I just don't think they get it. I don't think they, if you study as you have successful people, which I have, I realize how different they are from, for sure, from me, but I'm getting there. But from the person that I was, like, I am the same person that I was when I was 17, 18, not interested in any of this stuff. It's still me. I made the decision to want that life, the better, the life that they live, even if I couldn't even get it, even if I can never get it. Wouldn't you still want to try? Not everybody does. Yeah, <clears throat> I guess not, not. Not everybody wants the hunt. And mm. you don't want the 9-11. There's more pleasure in the hunt. I know. Than there is. I love it. Yeah. But, but I know your dream is not only a 9-11. You've got- No, a, not even you've, a chance. You've, got, yeah, 100, you've yeah. got 100 dreams. Yeah. So that's not your only dream is the 9-11. Mm-hmm. So dream, and when you don't get them, change your dream. Adjust your dream. I coached cross country, and I'd have the girls write down on a piece of paper what their current time was, what the- what their goal was, what their dream goal was, and what their stretch goal was. By the end of the season, they'd write it on a piece of paper, and I said, now tell the person next to you. Okay, they would tell the person next to them, they'd write it down, hang it in your locker. They'd have to look at it every day, hang it in the locker. And I said, um, okay, let's work at it. Here's our plan. We'd develop a plan. That at the end of the year, those girls would hand me back the piece of paper. They're talking to me, like, coach, coach, I didn't hit my goal. I didn't hit my dream goal. I hit my stretch goal. And so many of those girls hit their goal that they didn't even think it was possible. But it was possible because they dreamed at first. People don't dream. They don't write it down. They don't tell people they're not accountable for it. And if you don't hit your goal, who cares? Create another goal. Yep. You know, like you don't hit your goal. All right, create another goal. Let's go. Let's keep going. It comes, you, well, you must think mindset, I guess, is pretty important than I would, I would think. Yeah, and it's hard. Yeah, there's it's times, very hard. There's times I'm not motivated. There's times I don't want to listen to podcasts. I'm going through shit in my life right now. Yep. But you make it a habit. And you enjoy the the dopamine from it. I love the dopamine from it. That was a question I had for you of like, in high school, I was like, this guy's fucking insane, dude. Like, I was like, like, he just, I would think, right, because I'm in my, I was in my high school negative, like, mind frame of this guy is a gym teacher. Like, he can't really be this hyped up about life. Like, he can't really be this happy, you know? And I'm just thinking, I'm like, well, how is Mr. Hagee just, like, how does he have that energy? Well, that's simple. You get a good night's sleep. You have a good breakfast. But as a gym teacher, I go outside. I walk. I'm off period. I lift weights. When I'm with the kids, I'll play the games with the kids. And I'm already getting that natural dopamine. But the other thing is it's a symbiotic relationship. A good teacher, a good person, anything is going to have a symbiotic relationship where I feed off of you, you feed off of me. So there are students who I love their energy. They love my energy. We're drawn to each other. There are students who our energies don't connect. I stay away from them. I say, hello, how was your sports? How was your day? I know their name. But then there's other people who are the tweeners. You know what I mean? The people at my school, I feed off of their energy. So, and and like, I've got a purpose. As a teacher, I have a purpose. You take teaching away from me and me going to school. What's my purpose? What's my motivation? People look up to me. People admire me. People want my attention. You take that away from school and I walk on the beach. Nobody wants to talk to me. Nobody knows me. Nobody admires me. Nobody wants my attention. So it's a symbiotic relationship as a teacher. And as a teacher, you go into school every day thinking, how can I help people? How can I help people? If you can go through life with that mindset of 
how can I help people? You're going to find more happiness. However, I will tell the younger generation, I told my my class today, invest in yourself, be a little selfish and, you know, invest in your education, develop a growth mindset. And then later in life, you'll develop a skill set and you'll develop skills and then you'll be able to give back and you'll be able to help more people. I got students now who are like 18 years old, like, how do I make money? How do I do this? I'm like, build yourself. You don't have the skills to help people. You're going to be an 18 year old kid saying, hey, I could do this for you. Well, what's your experience? Go get experience. Go out there and fail. In school, if you fail a test, that's it. I'm like, oh, I failed. Failure is bad in school. Failure in life is great. Don't go searching for failure. But if you fail, be like, okay, how can I learn from this? How is it going to make me stronger? How is it going to make my life better? Don't seek out failure. But when it comes, don't be like, oh, failure is bad. No, failure is good because you can learn from it. And, and when do you learn the most? When you win a game or when you lose? When you lose. When you lose. Oh. Don't go out to lose, but when you lose, you're like, you're so pissed off. You go to the gym and work harder. Yeah, who thinks they're not going to win? Who goes in being like, well, I'm going to lose? Like, they, everybody, if you win, that means you were right. That means you did the right training, scored the right goal, made the right move. You already knew all that was going to happen. Then. When you lose, you go, I was wrong, I guess. I, may, I didn't make the right move. Somebody else made a better move. How did they do that? Well, they trained harder. They're focused more. Or, or you fail. Like, in school, and, and we're not all schools are this way, not all teachers this way, but... Mm. You failed. Okay, what did you learn from? There was a comedian. Yeah. He goes, uh, he goes, yeah, I got caught cheating. And the teacher goes, you're cheating. He goes, what number? He goes, letter number three. Well, what's the answer? He told the answer. Teacher goes, well, I'm taking points off because you cheated. And he goes, yeah, but now I know the answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> now I don't encourage cheating, but yeah. you know, but I don't know. There's different ways of learning. I'm, I'm not encouraging. Shout out to Mary Cansfield in tennis's class. She hooked me up. Anyway. <laughs> Everybody knows about this. All parties involved. Um, had to throw that in there for the homies. That's great. Um, I know Mary. Yeah, she ran cross country. Yeah, she's uh, she's great. She's I think she's in Philly now. So I think that teaching is a cheat code because I think you realize that you realize when you're in front of a group of pe- any group of people, right? And whether I'm DJing an event or I'm doing a webinar on LinkedIn with five people, uh, or I'm even on a podcast or whatever, you just uh, you you learn more about people and learn more about life when you have to guide anybody, right? And that's probably, you know, that's probably been, you would be a different person if you wouldn't have taught X amount of kids or even, I know it's gym, but extremely important. I just think it gives you a much better perspective on, yeah, this kid is an asshole, but he's an asshole because his dad was an asshole and his dad was an asshole. Like you start to see people as they are, not as your biased opinion of them do you think that is the case or yeah yeah i love uh friending the kids that might view me as the jock gym teacher you know what i mean so if there's a kid who's like you can tell there's resistance to to they have resistance to you they're not really about it oh yeah and i just let them know i care yeah what's your name what do you like what do you do did you get your nails done did you get your hair changed i just talk to them like human beings i went up to a girl this year and i was just like I was like, you don't like Jim, do you? She's like, nope. I'm like, I'm not going to bust your balls. And she was like, I'm like, yeah, just come up here, do your best. And like, I didn't like math class. I didn't like English class. I'm like, I didn't say to a girl, but I'm not going to bust your balls. I'm not going to give you a hard time. You yeah, know? totally. We're I'm, like, I'm, I'm like, I'm not going to give you a hard time. And she was like, really? It didn't make her try less because it's not her thing, yeah. you know, but I think she appreciated the fact that like, oh, you get me. And you know what that's going to do? It's going to make her try. And also, if you have that person that you don't like, it's going to force you to not it's going to force you to try not try as hard on purpose in spite of them 
So now you know there's no spite there. You, you're not going to be hard. You're not going to, you know, mess with her if that's her thing. And so she at least can be like, all right, well, I don't have to like not try now. I can just do the bare minimum. But but you ever go to a class you're like, oh, I hate this class. Oh yeah. Some kids Many. for twelve years go to gym class thinking I hate gym class. So true. You know. So why not let the one person know like, hey, you're in a safe, you're in a safe, you're in a safe space with me. You're in a safe space. You're not going to hate it. You know, yes. like. If you don't want it, that's fine. I'll just, we'll give you a different activity. Like, man, imagine for 12 years going to a subject you hate every day. Like that's, and, and that's okay sometimes. Plus, yeah, but, and gym too. Gym is, uh, can be humiliating. Physical, because you're, it's not like class when you're sitting in a seat, you know? You're exposed in gym class. You can't, it's the leveler. Like you're going to be exposed. If I had to read in front of my English class every day, in front of my peers, and some of them were mm-hmm. Division One athletes, and some of them weren't. You know, like some of them were like AP students, some of them weren't. I'd be embarrassed every day. I wasn't the best reader. If I had to perform math in front of everybody every day, in phys ed class, you might not be the world's best athlete, and you got to go play volleyball. I'll pick those kids out and be like, "You want to go play ping pong?" Like, "Oh my gosh, I'd love that. I hate volleyball." I'm like, "Okay, well then, let's put you in a safe space." And you could do that with. You just got to get to know people and meet them where they're at. That's just with anything you do. Meet people where they're at, you know? Yeah, and I think, like, I would have an opinion on safe spaces, you know, in terms of it seems like a soft thing, just, oh, a safe space. But it's very practical because they're just people that... It's just a question of, okay, would you rather force this person to do something that they're not meant to do or don't want to do at all? And maybe they come out of it and they do like it. Maybe they do end up liking volleyball in a few weeks. Or do you put them in a safer location and let them play ping pong where they're doing an activity that they do enjoy? I want to put them in an environment where they're going to succeed. Yeah. And if they know they haven't succeeded in volleyball since kindergarten, mm-hmm. by the time you're they're right. 9th, 10th, or 11th, or 12th grade, they're like, dude, I know I'm not good at volleyball. Like, can I go play ping pong with my friends and be happy for 40 minutes? The point of phys ed is for a little stress relief, for people to get endorphins, for people to relax, for people to have fun. Not to come stressed to my class, you know? Now, if some kids are adverse to the weight room or adverse to learning, like, give it a try. You haven't tried it yet. Let's just try it. But they've been playing volleyball since kindergarten. At that point, they know it's not my thing, you know? So I'll put them in a safer place where they could be happy and relieve stress and have fun and enjoy it with their friends. And, and, and then everybody wins, you know? But yeah, I'm okay with putting, making people feel uncomfortable. But to the point where they get developed learned helplessness, True. I think there's a healthier mental place for kids at that point. Did you have any gym teacher role models growing up specifically? What made you want to be one? That's a great question. I'm so glad you asked it. Uh, I want to play football in college. And when I was a senior in high school, I was filling out my application and my vice principal was my football coach. I said, what major do I put down? He goes, put down phys ed. It's the easiest major to get into. So I said, I wrote wrote down phys ed (laughs) and I went to college and I just never changed my major. (laughs) Wow. No shit. Yeah, and that goes to the universe. You know, the universe is working in your favor. We don't always pay attention to it. I've been going through a major life change the past 10 months, nine months, eight months, however long it is. And I'm just like, here I go. I get to say it again, fuck it. I'm like, I'm just listening to the universe. Somebody calls me, let's hang out. Somebody says, let's go on this trip, let's go. I've been listening. To my, my car says make a right turn instead of a left, I make the right turn. I know it's crazy, but if we could learn to tune in and just listen and follow the universe, um, 
we might end up in a place where we want to be. Does that sound crazy to you? No, that sounds right. So for the past eight months, I've just, there's a, a book where a guy says yes to everything for a year. I mean, he just says yes to everything. Uh, Tim Ferriss interviewed him, I'm okay. pretty sure, yeah. So I don't know. I've just been trying to listen to the universe and, and not questioning it, not overanalyzing, just like, okay. You know, I was thinking about this. So I just applied or I just uh, signed up for this service that you pay like 20 bucks a month and it gives you, you fill out like a profile, like a social media type profile. And it's to apply on to pot to be on podcasts. Right. And because I'm part of my strategy is to be a guest on podcasts, too. I've been on like 50 of them. Like it's fun for me and it spreads my business and things like that. And I'm on this platform and I and it's uh it's like a matchmaker type thing where they find matches for you. They're like, this podcast might be a good fit. This podcast might be a good fit. And then you can send a message to the host and say, hey, I'm interested. Would you like to have me on? And I found myself denying the first like six because I would find a reason why I wouldn't fit instead of finding the reason why the maybe the one reason why I would fit. And I'm like, I should just message everybody. Like, I should just message all of them because maybe there is a fit. Maybe I can talk to ex-police officers and give them something valuable. I don't know. Maybe not, but it's worth it. I, I'm really like, I thought about that today. I'm like, it's really the fuck it. It's like, might as well. I'd rather, I, I might as well be denied, you know, and just try. You ever watch Seinfeld? Oh, yeah. Classic. Okay, there was one where George Costanza, like, always got the tuna on rye and he's like, I'll have the chicken salad on white. And then Jerry's like, well, if the op, if what you do is wrong, then the opposite has to be right. <laughs> you know? So sometimes in the last nine months, I've done the opposite of what I normally do. Just to try to pull a George Costanza. Yeah. You know, you like the blonde hair, blue eyed girl, go after the brown hair, brown eyed girl. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Like, just, like, that's, just do the opposite, you know? Yeah. just try, yeah. and, and if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But you pay $20 to meet up with people on a podcast and you have a, a filtration system, which is great. But maybe one time be like, this is the opposite of what I want to do. I'm going to try it. That exact, that's what I'm getting at. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I, I've also always been the person that just does whatever I feel like doing. Like I just try, like, I don't, I never see barriers. Like I don't see barriers to things. Oh, I tell somebody I'm a rapper. They're like, okay. They think I'm just joking. Like a lot of the time, you know? So, um, but I kind of, I kind of like that, you know? And so I've always, been that type of person so i and i think i guess i identified that with that a little bit so it does sometimes i have to remind myself so you're hopefully you are a little bit like gary v gary v says my, i think i watch him too much is well, my issue but. well he says my parents raised me to be one degree below delusional in confidence <laughs> do you ever hear him say that yeah oh yeah yeah so like, i've talked to his dad more than i've talked to him to yeah. be, i didn't ask him about that but but like i love that i'm like i am delusional i am one degree away from being delusional that's what i was getting at in high school though when i'm like this guy's just too positive like yeah. he just has too much energy well, there's a guy, which uh, is his opinion. It has nothing to do with you. Well, but. Yeah, energy comes from sleep, and and but and but yeah. like. But you know what I'm getting at. I'm like, you like life too much. Like, calm down. I don't like my life right now. It's perfect because it forced a thing, and I turned into this, right? So it worked itself out. But that's why I advocate for the opposite perspective from what we are talking about. Because me and you know, right? Trent knows. We kind of know, right? You want to do something in life, you could kind of do whatever you want. Like you could achieve probably any goal, but there's people who don't have the confidence in themselves. And that was me. So that's everybody. There's no, nobody's special, you know, like sure. Maybe you're, you're special, but nobody's, 
special. So that's just to like allow people to understand this a little bit better. I play the devil's advocate because I was the devil's advocate. That was me. If you want greatness, nothing great was ever achieved without confidence. You got to go in it with confidence. Nobody goes, oh, well, we might beat this team today. I don't know. Like we might win. Fuck that. We're winning. Like we're better than them. We're a better team than them. Like even if we're not, like you can't go into the game thinking that like in life, if you're going to attack a goal, expect to win. And a lot of people go into a goal, not expecting to win. Expect to win. Even if you lose, you come out, you learn from it and you try again. You don't just get one try. You know, in school with tests, my kid takes a test. They don't do well. Take it again. They don't do well. Take it again. Take it as many times as you want. That's life. You get to take the test as many times as you want. Go into a goal expecting to win and have confidence, even if you're a little delusional. And hundred percent. And I'll add, there's confidence and there's competence. And competence is, in my opinion, more way more important. Um, be, and I it, it breeds confidence. But you can have confidence without competence. You can just be confident, and that could just be your ego showing. So I also think that. On the other hand, you need the confidence, but you also need extreme work and preparation. Because if you're more prepared than the next person, you don't have to be overly confident. You don't really need to be confident at all because deep down you know how prepared you are. And re- like you've worked with athletes, so you understand this. That's what they do. They, they don't do less reps and then become more confident. They do way more reps than they need to do. And then they're sad, they're, they know that their competence is at a certain level. And maybe you can go into that. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to go fight Mike Tyson. Yeah. Because I'm delusionally confident. Yes. You 100%. know, like there's, that's why I add these perspectives yeah, because it's there, fun to think about. There's a yeah. level of grounding. You yeah, know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I don't think I could do anything. I don't, I don't think I could have played in the NBA. You can't, you can't. <laughs> that's the reality. And I can't now. Yeah. Maybe if I was in the right environment with the right training, maybe I could have made the NBA. But actually, I didn't even play high school basketball. But like, you have to have, yeah. like, I'm not going to go totally. I'm not going to go off a diving board and say, watch me do this quadruple flip. Because yeah. no matter how confident I am, you have to have some level of training and, and, and ability behind it. So, yeah, you can't, you can't do anything. You know, you know, you have to have some level of training and preparedness. And, you know, I think it was Nick Saban, he said, you know, practice doesn't make perfect. He goes, we don't, you've heard this before. He says, we don't practice until uh, we don't, um, we practice until we can't get it wrong. You know, we don't, Mm, we don't practice until we make it perfect. We practice until it can't be done wrong, you know, and and that's a hard point to get to, but that's a different mindset, you know? It's true. And then you have like Alan Iverson, dude, like, it's not a game. It's not a game. It's not a game. They're talking about practice, right? And he's like, judge me on my game. Don't judge me on my practice. But practice is extremely important and like you said yes until you don't get it wrong i love that yeah yeah. so that's that's about mindset too so so 50k a month is a real goal for you it is mathematically possible yes um as a gym teacher there's no way i'd ever make fifty thousand dollars a month if you can put yourself in a business structure or a payment structure that mathematically that can happen if you use hard work if you deal with failure and you fail and you fail and you fail and you learn and you learn and you learn. Mathematically, this is possible. Is it going to happen? I don't know. Will I stay motivated? I don't know. But I like the chase. I like the hunt. I like the goal. And I don't want $50,000 a month because I need it. I, whenever I, you ever dream about winning a lottery? Yeah. Okay. What, yeah. What, what's the first thing you think about? I guess just money. Okay. Having well, more money. Well, what are you going to do with it? Well, I know what I would do with it, but. 
Nothing. I would just invest it. Yeah. I fantasize about winning the lottery. I'd I, buy the Porsche. Sorry. Okay. I would first. <laughs> but, but but my next fantasy is who could I give this money to? When I fantasize, I'm like, yeah. oh, I'm going to hook up this family who helped me and this family who helped me and this person who's in my life. And that per- that's what my fantasy is. So if I made uh, a lot of money, I'm not going to. Maybe I'll go on nicer vacations, eat nicer food, buy nicer. Do clothes. the one thing that you really like, which is experiences. Yeah, I'll, I'll do those things. But I like to just serve others yeah. you know money exemplifies your personality if Agreed. you're poor and you gain a lot of money and you're an asshole you become a big asshole and if you are poor and you become rich and you're a nice guy you become a real nice guy <laughs> you know so hopefully i'd be a nice rich guy and less of an asshole are you familiar with david Meltzer? uh not not really yeah he's uh similar to ed Milet, i would say i think he was worth like 100 million loss at all type of thing uh, got it all back and he said he, so I, I there's a couple of times when I was in uh, certain like mastermind groups where we would have or Bradley I don't know if you're familiar with him um, he's friends with Cardone he's oh, yeah, environment. Okay, okay. Uh, so we had Bradley we had this guy uh, uh, David Meltzer on and this was just like a live webinar with this group and these guys would come talk and Meltzer said one thing that I just changed my mind since then he said if you want to make a lot of money you should at least want to make a lot of money to help a lot of people. And I'm with that, you know? And I even, like, even with what I do now, if you can't, this doesn't happen, but rarely, if you can't afford what I'm selling, if you show me in your bank account that you don't have that much money, I'll do it for free. It's just not about the money. I need the money to survive. If I didn't need to survive, I wouldn't be charging this money, right? Like, I also know what I'm worth, so I have to charge the money that I'm worth, right? But I'm I'm with you, man. Like, yeah, that's it. Like, my for me personally, mine is yours. Might be more fitness oriented. Mine's more your voice, right? There's a lot of podcasters out there, right? That out there that aren't podcasters because nobody they didn't have a Matt Hagee for fitness that they they didn't have that person for podcasting. Where it's like they have a story, they can help other people through podcasting, and they just don't have the means to do it. You know, so I'm with you, man. Like, I fuck with that. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's good. Let's go help people, right? Change the world. And if, you're, if your goal is to help people, you could put yourself in a situation where money is the byproduct. Mm. But if your goal is to make money at the expense of people, then that's not sustainable. What I do with my business is, how can I help people? How can I help you? And my goal is to help and to serve you. I'm in a, in a, I'm in a business structure and a pay structure where if I help enough people, I get, I get paid for it. And I understand the pay structure and I do, I do try to align my goals with that. But my primary goal is how do I help people? So when I go on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, my goal is how, how can I help people? And that goes back to um, Gary V. You know, he's like, look, just give away as much free shit as possible. You know, give away all of your free information. If they want to work with you, they work with you. If they don't, they don't. Don't be tied to the outcome. Like when, I, when a client's like, hey, I want to do your program, I talk to them. And if they don't want to do it, I'm like, all right, let me know when you're ready. I had a girl call me yesterday. I talked to her two years ago. Talked talk to her two years ago. She's like, I'm ready. I've been following on Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. I want you to be my coach. I was like, all right, signed her up yesterday. Maybe two days ago. Two days ago, I can't remember. But like, I wasn't tied to the outcome. I'm not upset when they say no. When you're ready, let me know. But you're not struggling to survive and need their business, you know? I don't. So yeah. I, I once told somebody, I said, I said, you will not make or break me. I can make you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I felt that way. I was yeah, like, look, yeah. if you follow my lead, I can help make you. But you're yeah. not, not going to make or break me. No. You know, love many, trust a few, paddle your old 
doggone canoe, you know? Man, that's good. Be responsible for yourself. Yeah, I think, you know, overall, I think that, like you said, confidence, I think mental health holds a lot of people back, I think, because they have, it's, it's an issue. Like, it's a, it's a challenge, you know? And I think that I do what I do. I have it. Like, I have my issues, right? Like, I don't want to meditate every morning. I don't want to. I don't feel like it, but I do it. Do you drink coffee? I do. Yeah. Do you, what do you do when you're drinking your coffee? I work. Just sit there for five minutes, and do nothing, and drink your coffee. That's meditation. Yeah. Well, well no, I, I'm good. I, I, I know, meditate. I know. Yeah. So. Oh, you're saying yes? I totally get. That's just get a form it. of meditation. It's true. It's you true. Know, you're just sitting there. And oh no, relax. this is yeah. It's not about the meditation. Yeah. It's about not doing anything for 20 minutes. So, you lift weights. You you. Everybody has the ability to go to the gym, lift weights, rip and tear your muscles, eat protein, sleep, and rebuild your muscles. Our human body, we all have the ability. Our brain is an organ, just like our muscles are. You have the ability to go out, go for a walk, get some sunlight, take your vitamin D, take your fish oil, take your B vitamins, eat healthy foods, surround yourself with healthy people, get a good night's sleep, and take care of your brain. But people are like, Oh, I got mental health issues, which I'm not downplaying mental health issues. My mental health is not the best all the time too. But are you eating healthy? Sometimes, sometimes. Are you getting a good night's sleep? Are you getting sunlight? Are you exercising? You know, are you taking your vitamins? Okay, well, if you're doing that, then what's the next step? Well, let's do these five things for your brain before we, you know, start start complaining about it. You know what I mean? Like there's things you can do to take care of your brain. Yeah, it's people have problems, but they're not fixing. It's like, yeah, you want to build a house. You don't start with the roof, you know? It's just, it's yeah. not how it rolls. Look, I, I'm all about mental health, mental health issues. I think they're real, but, you know, go out, go for a walk, eat a good diet, get some exercise. Your brain is an organ. You know, that's just like me having a plant going, oh, my plant's not growing. Well, did you water it? No. Yep. Did you put it in sunlight? No. Okay, well, same thing with your brain. You got to take care of your brain. And if it's still not growing, then we'll take these next steps that we need to do, whether it's medication, whether it's new treatment or see a counselor, whatever it is, but at least first water the plant and put it in sunlight. And if it's not growing, then, you know, but a lot of people are not watering their plant and not putting it in sunlight and wondering why the plant's not growing. Why is my mental health not good? Yes. And you have to train yourself, which I think is difficult, especially if you can't afford somebody to help you, you know, like you have to train yourself. You have to figure that out. You know, that's fucking hard to do. It's, it's, fu- all this shit is work. It is hard, but do you have an iPhone? Yeah. Do you have, that's what I'm saying. Do you have YouTube? Yeah. Do you have pot? Do you, dude, all I did was brainwash myself with this shit. I literally did. All I did was, well, it started with Joe Rogan, right? Not the most positive podcast in the world. Pretty positive, I would say, but not the most. You know who's more positive? Fucking Tim Ferriss. Okay. That's 10% more positive. I'll go there. I'm learning 10% more things there. Okay, I'll go there. Then eventually I land on Ed Milet. If you give a random person an Ed Milet episode, they're not going to know what to do with it. They won't understand it, right? Because they'll start thinking their thoughts that are probably not their thoughts anyway about how, yeah, but that guy's rich, right? Yeah, but that guy, they'll do the yeah, but that guy syndrome. That's what they get. They get yeah, but syndrome. You know what I do with those podcasts? I'll pause it and I'll rewind it and then I'll pause it. And then I'll be in my car by myself. There'll be nobody next to me and I'll teach it. I will teach oh, wow. what I just You're learned. You're a new site level of psycho. I like this. <laughs> but like, I want to be able to, information or knowledge not put to use is worthless. So if I gained a really cool piece of information or knowledge, I will stop and teach it five times to the per- to nobody next to me 
and just talk to myself in my car, so true, you know, and teach it and reiterate it and reiterate it. And then I'll listen to it again. I'm like, oh, that's how he said it. What was his wording? You know, that way I could better retain that knowledge or information. So that's what I do with podcasts. And if you have literally anybody in your life, you can teach it. If you have anybody, even your mom, your dad, your sister, your brother, your girlfriend, um, your neighbor, doesn't matter. Hey, can I borrow you for 10 minutes? Just want to run this with you. Let's just try it. Well, I'm a teacher, so I'll go in and I'll, I'll listen to a podcast in the first period. I'll come in like, "Raw, let's go, baby. I'm like, what's happened to Heggy? I'm like, I just listened to Ed Milet. Let's go. You know, like, do you try to teach them any like the mindset I do. stuff? Mm-hmm. Okay. Totally, yeah. Do any, they do they take to it or yeah. they, okay. Yeah. Talk, I, yeah. Talk to them about mental health. I talked to them about, you know, like this is big with girls. They don't love themselves. Mm. And I'm what like, what is that? Why is that? Well, it's all, know, it's, it's all people, but we all yeah, have, yeah, we all yeah. have ants. We have, we all have automatic negative thoughts. That go through our brain, okay? That's cool. And and our brain is crazy. Our brain thinks weird, crazy things. And a lot of times we believe it. We'll look in the mirror and be like, I'm ugly. I'm fat. I don't like my nose. I don't like my hair. And I'm like, wait a second. Stop. Look in the mirror and be like, you're fucking beautiful. You're awesome. You're going to slay today. You're amazing. But a lot of people look in the mirror and they think these negative thoughts and then they believe them. And when the positive thoughts come through, they don't believe the positive thoughts. I don't know. Tell yourself stories that align to your goals. Listen to those positive thoughts. And when those negative thoughts come come in, let the ants go marching through. Or take a deep breath. Go like this. Go. And just change your brain chemistry with one or two deep breaths. And realize that those thoughts are going to pass. Go to bed. Get a drink of water. Change your nutrition. Go exercise. I sat down with a group of Students were doing golf and the kids are doing golf. I talked to these three girls. I'm like, I'm like, you got an assignment. They're like, what's that? I said, look in the mirror. What do you guys think? And I told them what they think. They go, how'd you know that? I said, because I know what people think. I said, next time, look in the mirror, you know, and give yourself a high five. They're like, really? I should do that. I'm like, that's your homework. Maybe I said, look in the mirror, give yourself a high five and say, I'm freaking awesome. But what I was thinking was, you know, and they're like, all right. And I'm like, do that. I'm like, love yourself. You could go through your whole life. If you're not full of yourself, what are you? You're empty. Uh You know, you're empty. So look, I'm not going to be full of myself. I'm going to have a sense of humility, but it's okay to love yourself. It's okay to love who you are because the opposite is loathing yourself. So love who you are. There's 9 billion people in this world. You need like five or 10 to like you. (laughs) You You only need five or 10 who like you and get you. Go find those five people. Yeah, you, it's true. And when, if you ask somebody, is the... I don't, or if they say, I don't like the voice, or the voice in my head says negative things. Okay. Is that voice you? Yes. Okay. So you're thinking negative, like you're putting the negative thoughts in your head. Well, no. And that's when at this, you start to go down this avenue. Most people haven't explored that. They haven't listened to Sam Harris on a podcast and try to understand what he's talking about for two hours about meditation and, you know, or listen to Alex Ramosi and talk about how we ascribe meaning to anything and there's no inherent meaning. And like, it's just, you don't go down that rabbit hole. But I love that example. And it does, comes back to what I was saying before. Even if you thought it didn't work, wouldn't it be better to think about yourself in a positive way? Yeah, our, our superintendent this year probably didn't think people were listening because people on our iPads, people on our phones, but he said said if an idea doesn't sound like a crazy one, it's probably not that good. You know, like, uh, true. so maybe your crazy idea is a good one. I've had a hundred horrible ideas, but one of them was good. 
and I'm still doing it seven years later. You know what I mean? The other 99 ideas sucked. I couldn't tell you what they are. I can only tell you the one that worked. Next. Who's next? Next. Next. No bad idea. You have a bad idea? Okay, what's next? What's next? Keep growing. And we all, we all think these negative thoughts. If you realize that we all think these negative thoughts, you now know that that's normal. Now you know how to deal with them and, and process them. Let them pass and tell yourself stories. Look in the mirror and be like, you're good looking. You're handsome. You look good. You feel good. You're going to have a great day today. That stuff sticks in your brain. Uh, it sticks in my brain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I'm not, I don't do it every day also, and I'm not the best at it, but yeah. if you can educate yourself on podcasts with people who are giving really good stuff. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's free. Yep. It's free. It's not $40,000 a year. It's great. I got a degree in like educational technology and from 2005, I'm like, what does that do? You know no, what I mean? No, I'm, like, no. I'm like, because the technology in 2005 and 2023 is obsolete. Yeah. You know, actually, I don't have a degree. It's like 36 credits. So I don't have the official master's degree. My master's degree is in educational administration. So I could be a principal, vice principal, all that stuff. But like, educational technology from 2005 is now obsolete. You, know? you got to update your operating system yeah. for the modern age. Yeah. yeah and for yeah. the person that you want to be. Do you have any aspirations to move up in education in terms of principal, superintendent? Like, are you, do you, are you going to, do you see yourself exiting? So, um, I think it was 2008. I went on a phys ed interview for the school that was a mile away from my a mile away from my house in Pennsylvania. And by the end of the interview, they're like, we need a vice principal. You're certified as a vice principal. I said, yeah. They said, do you want to be the vice principal? I thought about it. And a few weeks later, they officially offered me the job. And you know, my, my wife at the time was like, Matt, we don't need more money. I'm like, okay. So I didn't take it. Then like two years later, I was approached at, at Del Val. They said, Matt, we want you to interview for the vice principal job. And I was like, let's go for it. You know, more money. Um, but my wife was like, Matt, at my wife at the time was like, Matt, we don't need more money. So I always tell her, I'm like, you made the best decision of my life. She's made the second best decision of my life. <laughs> uh, the first decision of my life. People was- can al- or assume what they want. <laughs> I'll leave it there. Yes, we'll leave it there. But um. A great person, beautiful human being, but she made a great decision for me not going into administration. That's very smart, yeah. And now, I, now I'm running my health and wellness company, which is, you know, which from my perspective is doing very well, and I'm happy about it. However, I always have the option to go into administration, you know, and that will bump my pension. So, like, if you become an administrator, you make one hundred thirty, hundred forty thousand dollars a year. You get paid like sixty percent of your salary for the last three years. So I can retire making. Uh, Eighty-five, ninety thousand dollars just in a pension if I go into administration those last three years. But if I build myself financially in a way that I don't have to, then I won't. I don't so, think you'll have to. <laughs> if I were to take a guess, yeah, I, I uh, I'm ha- I'm happy where I'm at. You know, I'm not I'm not living high off the horse, but I'm not that eighty percent of people living paycheck to paycheck in America. Feel free not to answer this, but is there anything that you wanted to cover that we didn't? touch on is there you had some notes uh, i'll leave it to you if you if yeah. there's anything you definitely want to talk about if you're still listening i want everybody to know that sully has a book in front of him with nothing written on it <laughs> and i thought he had a plan i'm like what's the plan he's like my plan is no plan i'm like that's how i teach so his notebook had nothing on it and it, it was great i think that's ripping. i should have skipped to this page just I'll, to impress you yeah i was like <laughs> like i'm waiting for i'm like what are the questions what are we gonna lead up to there's the page was blank i'll say this too 
you're the only one that's actually taken that into account. I do that on every, almost every podcast. I open it up. I have the person's name and there's nothing there. And some people laugh or joke with them and be like, hey, this is how many, how much I prepared for this. Um, but nobody really considers it. We just move on from there. So I thought that was funny that you <laughs> took that, <laughs> at least took that into account. Like, some- Wait, did you think, okay, so you listened to a few episodes today. Did you think I was, I prepared like. How to create? Well, I do prepare, by the way. You this do. is not you, my prep. Like, so I do prep beforehand. But you're very professional. You're very confident. I had to fill out a form, put this form, click here, sign my signature, answer questions, give you all this information. I've been taking notes on what I want to talk about for a month, and I didn't touch on any of it. Um, it's organic. This is organic, and this is a, the the best way of of. A- this is how I like to do it. I mean, I, I'm not opposed to doing it differently, but I always say that, and I'm making changes to the podcast. You know, but. F- by the way, like you'll people who listen and watch will notice those changes. Uh, but I would make a different podcast if that was the case. You know, it would be more of a collaborative thing, or maybe more of an edited thing, or maybe it was twenty minutes instead of an hour and a half, right? So, but yeah, that's funny, man. Yeah, I, I uh, from the beginning, there's definitely interviews that I do prep more, but sometimes I most of the time I just go off feel. So, I just kind of so, know. So, what was my response when you when you when you invited me to the podcast? Do you remember what I said? It's a, I don't know, it's about, say, about time or sorry. I, I don't know verbatim. I'm okay. sorry. The verbatim was, you said, hey, do you want to be on my podcast? And I've been following Sully for years, commenting on his posts, liking his posts. My response was, it's about fucking time you asked <laughs> <Yeah>. me. <laughs> I know. No, for real, for real, man. I, like you said with your lessons and alluded to this in other ways, but timing is weird with the podcast. There's a thing, it's called, the, call it the power of the podcast. Things just happen because of the podcast and people just land here at certain times. Right. And it's like, I don't force anything. I just let it be. And for some reason, Mr. Hagee, we were supposed to do this today. I don't know why. And I didn't think about it. Yeah. I let the universe say, fuck it. Let's yeah, go. Exactly. And by the way, I do appreciate you the engagement over the now. Now, now you're never going to engage in my stuff again because you're. A, I ended up on the podcast. But no, 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 <laughs> that I, was the, I, I, that I, was I, all work to get up on the podcast. I like the content. So we're going to put this in the universe. One person that you want to be sitting across from, if you could put it into the universe, who do you want it to be? Gary okay, v. Gary V. Who's your Dream number guest. Who's your number two? Joe. Joe, who's your number three? Oprah. All right. Now we got them. It's in the universe. True. Who knows what's going to happen? Who knows? But if you put it in the universe, you pray on it, you meditate it, you put it out there, you never know. I appreciate you asking me that. There you go. Yes, you gotta. If you're gonna shoot, shoot from the fucking stars, dude. Yeah. Well, why not? Well, why not? That's where I'm at. He's a hundred and county guy, North hundred and. True. It's, it's. I got it in the works. We got the <laughs> shit. We fucking got the shit. I had a great time doing this. All Thank right. you for doing this. Right, thanks um, for the invite. Anytime. We're hour and a half plus right now. I know it might not feel like it, um, but that's the thing. That's the power of the podcast, man. We just flow. We just go. All right. Cool. Appreciate it. Anytime. Uh, Trey, any questions for Mr. Hagee before we dip out? No, we're good. Good over here. Hell Peace yeah, out. man. Peace out, my brothers. All right. So, uh, Trey, thanks for helping us today, buddy. Of course. Always. For the people listening and watching as well, really appreciate you guys. As you know, we do have the YouTube version as well. If you are listening on audio and the YouTube is only getting more and more videos uh, by the day, you'll notice we're posting shorts now as well. So go check those out every single day, five days a week. You know the deal. And uh, I say it every time and I'll say it again. We're on every single platform, even the ones nobody uses. All right. We'll see you on the next one. Thanks, Mr. Hagee. Appreciate it.